There's nothing now can stop us So bring everything you've got And still it's not enough Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a message. What a message. The devil don't have enough. God has already conquered. We're more than conquerors to him that loved us. Amen. How we appreciate him. Glorify his name together this morning. Amen. Don't you love the Lord today? Amen. For those of you that didn't know, that's Brother Tim and Sister Angie's three children there. They're all married children now and part of the church. We really love the Winters family. Amen. Really appreciate the gift and the talents that God has given us in our church. Amen. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord together. Lord, we're your children today and we're coming in your presence. And to come in that presence, we are not coming as strangers. But we're coming as sons and daughters of God, boldly approaching the throne of grace, knowing it's there that we'll find help in our time of need. Lord, we've spent much time in preparation for this moment. And I'm sure there are many, oh God, that have even spent their own personal time in preparation. Lord, in anticipating the moment of this service. And, oh God, we are here today as a witness, as a testimonies, that the devil can't stop our hallelujahs. The enemy cannot stop our rejoicing. That there's nothing that he's done. Though all hell has assailed us, we will not be moved. But we're anchored in the rock of ages. And we're here today as the children of God gathered in your name. Asking, Lord, that you'll bless us. That you'll minister to us. Speak to us, Lord, through the word. As we read it together, may you just burn in our hearts. And I pray, dear God, you'll just help me to get out of the way today. And let the Holy Spirit speak. Lord, as we give the testimony of Jesus Christ, and the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. When a man of God gets in the anointing of the spirit, he prophesies under the spirit. May my words today be more than the words of a human being that fails. But, oh God, may the Holy Spirit take over this vessel. And I speak as an oracle of God. I realize, Lord, my own human inabilities, my own human weakness. But I know how great a God you are. And that the Spirit will speak expressly to the church. Lord, let him speak today, O God. For you said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. O God, may you speak today. Give us ears to hear, Lord, for what good would it do? If we did not have ears to hear also, I just pray, oh God, that you'll give us a heart to receive. 
You speak to our lives, our hearts, Lord, and ever need supply. Bless those, Lord, the seen audience, the unseen audience, those that are joining in with us. Lord, from around the world, wherever they are, they've done had their services perhaps today and, and, and now gathering with us in the evening time in the far distant lands. Lord, they're not followers of me. God, the last thing I'd want was to be a leader of some personality cult. If I could do anything, let me point them to you, Lord. And let you become their leader and your, their guided, Lord. I pray it would be not just for them out there, but also for this local assembly. May they make you the king of their lives. You speak to their hearts today. Ever need supply now, Lord. They're sick among us. Heal them. They're sick that are not able to be here. Heal them. Lord, there's COVID ravaging through the land. And we meet in the face of all of that. And we defy every enemy. Because we come in the name of the Lord. We are coming obediently. Lord, as you commanded us to, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. So now we're asking, Lord, you just put a wall of fire about us. So there'd be nothing now to fear. May there not be one fear among us, but let perfect love cast out all fear. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for your promises. They are to us. Yes. Yes, they're true. And amen. We have to agree to it, Lord. So we say an amen back to the word, Lord, today. Let the amen speak as he speaks as a final voice to the final age. We give ourselves to you now and ask that you would anoint us. Now we ask, we pray, amen, amen. Sister Lori, I've got peace like a river. Amen. Aren't you glad for that peace that we have? Amen. I've got peace like a river. I think that ought to be in our hearts today. Amen. That we can have that peace no matter what's going on and troubles all around us. Amen. But right in the midst of it, we have peace that surpasses all understanding. Nobody else can understand why we have this peace and this joy in our heart. Amen. We have received it from him. That's why. Amen. God bless you. And let's worship the Lord together. Well, I got peace like a river. I got peace like a river. I got peace like a river in my soul. Oh, I got peace like a river. I got peace like a river. I got peace like a river in my soul. Like an ocean, I got love like an ocean. I got love like an ocean in my soul. Oh, I got love like an ocean. I got love like an ocean. I got love like an ocean in my soul. I got joy like a fountain. I got joy like a fountain. I got joy like a fountain in my soul. Like a river, I got peace. I got peace like a river. 
thank you. Praise God. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Amen. If you, I, I just wonder how many of you got to listen to either one or, t- or both of those services. Amen. Brother Branham said, I, raise your hand. Let me just see you. You got to listen to it. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. I, if, you, if you did that, you recognize that was a stanza of one of the songs that he sang and in, um, in, in those services, I've got peace like a river. Amen. We was asking the church here, preparing for the service, to listen to the two sermons on the rejected king. And if you haven't done your homework, well, you know, hope you can do it. Amen. I know it'll bless you. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be of strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the laws shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. That's shouting grounds right there. Whithersoever thou goest. Amen. What a word for the new year to come. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Actually, one of the last sermons on 2019 in December was taken from this chapter. And now we have just um, finished um, 2021. We start out a new year. I'm back here at the same place in the scripture. And today we're going to be speaking on possessing the land. And I have a a subtitle for this that we'll get into more this evening. I hope you're prepared for two services today. Amen. Amen. It's not going to be a light light fair today. It's going to be a full spread. Amen. So we're going to be given all that we have today as we look into this. But the second part... We will be more on bringing forth the king, but today we're in this part, we're going to be uh, setting the platform for that, making preparations to bring forth the king. Now, 
so as we as we look at this, as I said, one uh, one of the things is. We heard the song a moment ago that the devil doesn't have enough, that God's a mighty conqueror. And we're here today, standing here by the grace of God. I think of a dream that I had in March of uh, 2020 as we were beginning the year and the early part of that year that I had a dream that I I was straightening out a highway and I was making the preparations for a road and And, um, you know, straightening out its curves and pulling down its heels and making a a real highway for to to ride upon. And um, and so as I as I did, um, someone stopped and and came very angry, a group of men. and, And one of them pulled a pulled a pistol and pulled it out and aimed it straight at me. Point Blake within about within you know seven or eight feet away and just point blank and shot shot me and as it did I woke up with the sound of the pistol but I was I was totally unharmed there were, it, it never touched me and I, I you know it totally missed and that's exactly what I say to Satan I've been shot at but you missed I'm still standing here And we're still going to make the preparation for the coming of the Lord. Prepare a people in their hearts for his coming. And I believe that I'm a part of the forerunner ministry who was to make straight that path for the coming of the Messiah. And of course, we know the message started as with John the Baptist as he forerun the first coming of Christ. And and then, of course, then we we hear of... um, the same thing being told in this last day that there had to be a highway prepared for the Lord to come. And we're still in the very phases of his coming. And so there still must be preparations made to receive the king. So now as we thought, think of this, um, you know, Joshua, of course, as you remember, he was a, one of those two spies who went to spy out the land. He was a forerunner going into that land. No one had ever been there before. And, go, and, and Moses would send 12 men and they would go in as forerunners to come and tell them about this land that none of them had ever seen. And it was a, a land that Moses had never seen. None of Israel had ever seen it. You would think, you know, Moses meets the pillar of fire and he said, you're to take him to that land that Moses would have went down and scouted it all out and said, you know, is it really, is it really there? You know, where is it I'm taking him to? But no, Moses has never been there. Nobody, none of them had ever been there. And they had left Egypt to go to a land unseen that they'd only heard of. That was only written in the word before them and spoken of by prophets before them. Yet no one had ever been there before. And there were two of them that went that were of a different spirit than the rest of the spies. 
Amen. They, they had a different sp- a spirit. They had a, a spirit about them of we're going to this land and we're going there to bring back the report of what kind of a land it is. And we're going to testify of what God's word said. No matter what we see, we're going to testify what God's word said. Because even if we see desert lands, we know the transforming power of God can turn it into a land flowing of milk and honey. It really doesn't matter what our eyes are going to see. We're going to bring back witness of what the word said. Amen. And Joshua and Caleb would return back with the evidence of the fruit of that land. Oh, I love thinking about it. They come back with three fruits. Three pulls of it, of it bearing the fruit of that land. They brought back clusters of grapes that two men had to pack. They, they brought back pomegranates and figs. And they brought back the fruit of the land that they'd never seen. And they could come back and say, the land is really there. I've been on it. I've seen its mountains. I've seen its valleys. I've seen its waters. Oh, it flows with milk and honey. Amen. The land is real. It is there. In other words, it's a fertile land. And there's lots of room for cattle to to give milk. And and there's lots of grass there where they can eat. And and lots of of blossoms. So there's so much that the bees can have sweet nectar to make honey. It flows with milk and honey. It's a goodly land. Let us go up at once and possess it. Joshua, his name meant Jehovah's Savior. 2,000 years later, there would come another Joshua, Yeshua. Yeshua is, uh, we call him Jesus. Because in our translators in the King James, it would to, to differentiate between the Joshua of the Old Testament they would, they would use the Greek form of the name Joshua to call his name Jesus. But it is Joshua or Yeshua, which means Jehovah the Savior. You see, Joshua of the Old Testament was only, was only portraying and speaking of the greater Joshua that would come. Amen. And Jesus there, would, he was also a forerunner. The Bible said he was the forerunner that went into the veil. The Bible calls him a forerunner. And he went into the realms of the blessed. And he brought back evidence of the land. And he showed us there is life after death. Hallelujah. There is resurrection power promised to the believer. Amen. He brings back the fruit of that other land and he shows there's an empty tomb. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's a resurrected saints. I didn't raise alone, but with me came all the saints of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Not one left in paradise. Not one left there in a holding place, but every one of them brought back and glorified. Amen. Here's the evidence of glorified saints. And here's the evidence of a glorified body. Amen. Because here I am, Thomas, feel my hands. Feel my feet. Put your hands in my side. I'm real. I'm real. 
It's true. It's a real land. There is life after death. Come on, church. Amen. I've been through that realm and I conquered death and I conquered hell and I rose up on the third day and I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. But more than that, I want to give you an evidence. I want you to taste of it. I'm going to pour out resurrected life on the day of Pentecost. And on that day of Pentecost, you will be filled with the evidence of that lamb. It will be, it will be the deposit. Amen. This, this taste, this taste of the Holy Ghost will be a deposit until you get the full inheritance. It's not all of it. It's a foretaste. This is what Joshua and Caleb would say. The grapes are this big. Two of us had to pack it. The pomegranates are this sweet. Amen. The, the, the figs are this, this wonderful. Here is all of this. And it's proof the land exists. And Jesus brings back proof of that land. And he gives us an abstract title deed of the land, a deposit. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, 2,000 years later, seven church ages, God is not leaving us without a witness. We're here now as the fulfilling of all the types. Now, I'm just going to digress a minute and I'll pick up this thought because I want you to kind of get an overview of where I'm going. Because in my, in my own personal devotions, I have just finished all of the chapters of the book of Joshua. Then I was going to go to the book of Judges, which follows, Judges, which follows Joshua. But instead, my finger hit as I was listening to a Bible app. My finger hit upon the book of Ruth. So I listened to the book of Ruth. Then I go back to the book of Joshua. And then I go through the book of Samuel. Now, as we are looking at this... We're going to be today, as, I, as we're looking at this, we're going to be looking at going into the land of promises that we're at with the purpose of bringing forth the king. So I'm laying some background here, and as I do, I want you to see a forerunner has already went and he comes to take you into a realm that has been previously unknown. And, and it's been written about in the scripture, but it's not known. Until a personal witness goes over as Joshua and Caleb brings back report. And it's Jesus, the second Joshua, goes over into and gets the report. Now, 2,000 years later, here we are again. We're now here in, the, in another place where God is not leaving us without a witness. But once again, God sends a messenger. He sends a forerunner. 
I mean, he even wants to make it so plain that he will actually have a Bible come out from out of the ceiling and come down like this and appear there as Brother Branham will watch this and then the scriptures unfold to Joshua chapter 1. And then the first fingers there of his finger go down verses 1 through 9 right here. Joshua chapter 1 through 9. And so as it does, as it does, you know, he's telling him, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Just don't, do not, do not move from the word. You got to stay on the promise. Don't let nothing move you off of that. Amen. I give you a promise. You can take the land, take it all. Take every bit of it. Amen. And so with, you know, in that land, we would be able to see things through the prophetic eye. Amen. As a forerunner allowed us to look through his eyes and brings it back to us, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And with the first pull of his ministry, he would show us the fruits of the land and there would be the power of healing because there's healing in this land. Hallelujah, the power of healing in the land is miracles and the blind would see and the deaf heard and the dumb spoke and the lame walked. Come on, church. Amen. What was God doing? He was showing you evidence. I'm a living God. The land is real. Amen. What I said in the word is true. I'm the healer of every disease. Amen. I am there for you. I am to be God over you. Come on, church. And this is your land. In it is miracles. In it is healing. In it is deliverance. In it is salvation. Every bit of it lays within this land. And he would show it and let us all taste of it and hear of it. Amen. I'm sure the elders would get to take it, but maybe there wasn't enough to go to every other, but everybody could hear the elders report. It's good. It tastes wonderful. It's real. Here's fruits of it. You know, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, when praying for a child with polio and was unable to walk, the pianist was playing the great position now is near the sympathizing Jesus. And he took a, a child in his arms that was uh, afflicted with polio. And he began to pray over this hideously crippled child whose limbs were useless. And as he began to pray, a bright light appeared over him, shining brightly in his face. And, and he looks up thinking it's the custodian in the auditorium who is rudely just shown on bright lights upon him. And he opens his eyes to, to, say, to, to say, please, uh, whoever that is, don't put that light on me. And as he does, he sees this huge star coming down from, from, from up above, whirling above him. And it so surprised him until he drops the child. And the child hit the ground running and began to run to his mother. And the mother, joyfully reaching out to her son, saw the light and fainted. And at that moment, the pianist jumped up, dancing to the spirit, speaking, uh, singing in an unknown tongue while the piano kept right on playing. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. The great physician now is near. The sympathizing Jesus. Hallelujah. What was that? Showing us fruits of the unseen. Tangible fruits that the land is real. Amen. Oh, you remember something similar happened last year as Brother Timothy was preaching at Brother Ron Spencer's. And as he was declaring that God had come down, then his iPad, which he was about eight feet away from it, without a, without a watch on that would, that would um, be programmed with it, without any way for it to happen. And the ones on the stage would watch it close out the program of his, of his notes Open up another program where he never played tapes on or sermons of Brother Branham. Select a sermon and start playing there on his iPad. And, and Brother Branham began to speak. And as he began to speak, he was talking about him. Now, Timothy's preaching down how he has come down, how he is here among us. And he's telling about the hymn. Brother Branham is talking about the hymn there, down from his glory. And he said, it expresses the extreme deity of the Lord Jesus. And especially in a day like this, when they try to make him just a prophet, he was more than a prophet. He was God. What was God doing? Once again, declaring he has come down. Am I more than just sending a prophet? But Christ has come down. And he's in our midst and he's opening up the land of the supernatural. And he says, it's all real for you. I want you to know the land is there that you can possess it all. Amen. Whatever it is, maybe the enemy has held back something from you. You have been there with your complex or you've been there with your heartache or you've been with, with your problem. Let me tell you, the land there is flowing with milk and honey. It is enough for your marriage. It's enough for your home. It's enough for your children. It's enough healing in it for your sickness. It's enough. Timothy and I would go to his mom's bedside at the ICU. She had not spoken in 17 hours. When he told her, God has come down, mother. Mom, God's come down. He's here. She started singing down from his glory, ever living story. My God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his own, a stranger. A man of sorrow, tears, and agony. And as she broke out into the course, she started weeping and crying and, and, and singing, oh, how I love him. How I adore him, my breath, my sunshine, my all in all. What was it? Is God showing us he was present in our situation. And that the supernatural God is real. Amen. Just later, just before my wife crossed over, Brother Derek Paris, who he and his family have now moved here from Washington State, it was about 6.30 in the morning when he awoke. And he awoke to and, and was awake when, when a man started walking into his room. And he was holding an official document like this. Holding an official document in his hand and trying to hand it to him. And he saw him there and he's looking at the paper there and he saw it was an official document. 
And, and he was holding it out for him to take and said, and he said, Karen Pruitt is being ushered to the other side. You see, what is that? It's God showing us. Hallelujah, that nothing's out of control. That's why I could rejoice the other night when Philip sang, Oh, I know if his eyes on the sparrow, then he not know he was watching over her and welcomed her home into a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Daryl Malkins the fourth, she slipped over into the other side, and the old ship of Zion carried her over. Hallelujah. And she joins the voices of those on the other side, Brother Branham heard saying, keep pressing on. Just beyond the river, there's a better land. Keep pressing till we meet in that land. Brother Branham, as, as a Joshua, crossed the River Jordan, that barrier between the dimensions of earthly mortal life and the dimensions of the heavenly immortal life with just one breath, one breath away. Moving into another dimension of about 12 feet above his head, he, by looking back, could see his mortal body laying on the bed. Yet he was alive. He had all of his senses, except they were greater. That, and, and there he could, he could sense a great feeling of, of that fundamental element of the nature of God, divine love. The Holy Ghost now totally surrounded him in his fullness. And he could look down at his hands and he could tell they were young and new. He could he looked there at, at his body and, and he complete control of his senses. He could see. He could, and fact of the matter is, not only could he see, but he said, I had a greater sense of sight there than what I even have here. And he said, our senses are magnified. And he said, I, I hear, I, I looked and there were hundreds that were greeting him and they were young and his senses were greater as I said and with one breath he had slipped into the present intermediate heaven of the angelic realm a realm that is distinctly separate from earth yet having more physical qualities than than you might assume you see he he met thousands of people who who were who are dwelling in tangible physical bodies. Amen. Yet in some ways unlike us because they're yet spiritual. Amen. In fact, the matter is he would use the word theophany to describe their condition, which means an appearance of God. Because now they were not just in, as men, but they were now in, a, in another form, in a spiritual condition, yet a physical condition. And yet, yet in that realm there, they could feel and they could be felt. They wore white robes. And he could see at the same time the dimensions of the mortal and the immortal. He could look back at his, himself laying on the bed and he could look around and see a land, amen, filled with blue grass and thousands upon thousands coming, waiting to greet him. 
And one's coming to say, clapping him on the back and say, we've been waiting for you to come. Amen. We knew you were coming. And, uh, and as he did, the, they were wearing clothes of white and women with beautiful long hair and men with theirs probably, to, you know, around their shoulder. Their teeth were all straight and they shone like pearls. Their eyes were bright and glistened as stars on a darkened night. And with one great big joy, they embraced him. Amen. Clapping him on the back and loving him and saying, we are so glad you are here. Amen. You see, we have had a Joshua, a forerunner, bringing back report of that land. That the land is real. And it flows with milk and honey. There's no dying there. There's no sickness there. There's no yesterday or tomorrow. There's no regrets. Hallelujah. It's all one great big joy. I think a brother, a brother Duplicis in South Africa, he went to Brother Willie Retief's church in Johannesburg. He died during surgery. And he tells of his story of his experience. Now, before the surgery, and this is important, before his surgery, there was a believer's child in Israel that kept asking his mom to pray for Brother Duplicis. And he could be, this child could be heard praying at the, and at the table and other times asking God to be with Brother Duplicis. No one's in Israel and the other's in South Africa. Brother Sidney Jackson a, 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 a man who Brother Adam talked about and who was a spiritual man. He had a word from the Lord saying, Brother Duplicis, hospital, operation, pray. Another church in Cape Town, South Africa, in their service, their Sunday service, they all got down and they started praying and the Spirit spoke. Said Brother Duplicis, and they felt a, a, a compelling urge to pray for him and got down again because the Spirit urged upon them, calling his name, Brother Duplicis. And they all got down to pray. You know, it's, it's so important that we be a people that can hear his voice. Amen. Not just a people who talk about something in the past. But where God is acting among us. And there are men and women that can say, I heard from God. God spoke to me. I hear Brother Branham say it and hear his voice. The prophet spoke of those days when they were for teaching, would turn, teach men's doctrine, not God's doctrine. And we've seen so much of that. It's gone on so long and today the word of the Lord is a rare thing. That someone can come and say, thus saith the Lord. Now, we've had a lot of impersonations of that, and there's a lot of the problem. Because of the impersonators, we want to throw away the real. Because they've impersonated tongues, we don't want nobody speaking in tongues. Because they've impersonated and misused prophecy and interpretation, we don't want that in our church no more. So we throw out God because of the impersonators. 
Now listen to it. He said, we've had a lot of impersonations on that. Satan's really on the job. And many years have gone by where people were afraid to say that unless it was the Lord. But today they don't care. But it's a rare thing to hear the voice of the Lord and to find a person that can say, the Lord spoke to me. You notice that among the people anymore that they hardly hear a time when they say, the Lord spoke to me. When men and women used to pray all night and their homes were set in order by the book of the Lord and God was first in their home. Amen. Now, you know, the Bible is very clear, like 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. says, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, wherefore, brethren, Covet to prophesy for forbid not to and forbid not to speak with tongues and first Thessalonians 5:19 quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. And but but you see, it's come to a point that nobody wants to hear the voice of God. They can hear voices of theology and argue the scripture, but to say, I heard from God, God spoke to me. God revealed himself. It's hard for people anymore to even have that experience in their lives. But there is hope. Revelation 10, 11, he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and people. There's gonna be a people in the last day. Can I say it this way? There is a people in the last day. Amen. That prophesies that speak the word of God. Amen. And they're doing it before many peoples and nations and tongues or languages and kings. Brother Duplessis, after surgery on his stomach, he was transported back to the ward. And he found that he, as he was coming back, that he was choking. He couldn't breathe. They had what he called pipes or tubes down his throat. And he tried, his, his wife came uh, to him there as he was pushed back into the ward and he tried to mouth to his wife who was standing near him, I can't breathe. And she recognized the problem and got the nurse's attention and, 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 and he died there on the table. And suddenly he lifted from his body about as high as the door. But there, as he was there out of his body, he said, I was in full control of all my senses. I could see. I felt fine. I wasn't sick. I wasn't hurting. Amen. Here I am outside of my body, and I'm looking down on my body that they're working over. And he said, I saw the nurses there. Um, there, but, you know, trying to revive my body, working over my body. And he said, I had no pain. There was no distress. There was no anxiety. I was in complete control of the situation. And he said, he watched the doctors as they rushed him back to surgery. And suddenly he saw a bright light. And that moment, he was right back into his body again. You see, God's showing us once again the proof of another land. The proof of another land. Now with the second phase of the fruits, the next fruit of the land, it showed us the power
power of the word to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart that we are known of God. Amen. And it showed us if God could go back 40 years in our life, amen, he could show a prophet before the foundation of the world. What was in God's mind and what God was thinking. Amen. And so, so therefore, it showed that we were known of God, that your name is so-and-so. You came from certain place. This is your house number. That God is a personal God. Come on, church. Amen. He's not just a distant God. Teach yourself and wake up. Do not go to sleep on me this morning. If I have to come down and preach in your face, I'll do it. I've spent too much time before the Lord to let you miss this. Amen. They're in the presence of God. Are you with me? Amen. God was making us known. I'm a personal God. I know your name. I know your disease. I know your affliction. I know your future. I know your past. I know your present situation. And I know your future. I'm not a distant God. I want to be known in this last age as a personal God. Now, it showed us also the word had come down. Because only the word, the son of man, discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So in the ministry of the Son of Man, which would have to be, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed, where the Word is revealed, so God would know and and would let us know, I know your thoughts. And I know my thoughts I have of you. Jeremiah says it well. He said, I know the thoughts that I have of you. They are of peace and not of evil. And Brother Branham says in the message of desperation when he quotes that scripture, he said, to bring you back to your appointed place. And he said, that place is Pentecost. Hallelujah, because that's exactly the expected year to bring this bride back to the original condition. This is what Joshua was doing. He was bringing them back to Abraham's land, to a land of faith, to a land of promise, to a land of change. Hallelujah, where he would change and Sarah would change to a, a land to bring him the seed. There's so many parts of this. I'm trying to bring it all in to you where you can, as I gather together into one vein of possessing what Abraham had, what he walked over, possessing what the apostles had, what they walked over. Possessing what Brother Branham saw. Come on, church. Amen. Possessing, complete possession of a new body, of a glorified state. Hallelujah. Amen. Taking us all the way to bringing forth the king. And finally, on the third pull, the secret mystery truce were restored back to the church. The seals taken off, open of the book, giving us the pure message of Paul's gospel. Bringing us back to the gospel of Jesus Christ so this gospel could be preached into all the world so the end could come. 
Now Joshua would come to, to flood stage of the river. I'm gonna take my jacket off. Because we are going to cover a lot of territory today as we go through these parts of the book of Joshua as we're heading over in now to the days of Samuel and Eli. And we'll get to some of that in the second service. But Joshua would come at the time of a flood stage of the river Jordan where it looked like it was impossible to cross. God did not bring them in a time where it was a trickle, but where the river now is in flood stage. And the people crosses over following the ark and the word had to be placed upon the shoulders of the Levites. Now this is God's ordained way for the ministry to shoulder the word. Amen. Amen. For the people to follow the ministry as they carry the word. Not just follow the ministry, but follow the word as the ministry carries the word. That's what Brother Bradham said. When, you know, we, we hear it all the time. Stay with your pastor, you know, which was said of Brother Neville. But let me say, you know, it's, it's more than that. If you hear a prophet saying also, if a man leaves the word, then you leave the man. Never leave the word. Come on. Joshua is instructed to take this land. Don't turn to the right. Don't go to the left. Stay balanced. Stay right in the center. Don't get off track. Follow just that word as I was with Moses. I will be with you. I will not fail you. You will possess this land, but you got to put your feet on it. Amen. You got to step out by faith for your healing, for your salvation, for the need that you have. You just can't stand back here in your easy chair. You're going to fight for every possession of this word. This is God's ordained way. The ministry shoulder in the word. Later, Israel tried something different. A man-made ox cart trying to bring the word. But no ox cart can do it. Come on, church. Amen. You, you know enough of Brother Branham preaching about this as he preached on trying to do God a service without his will. How that in the days of Eli... When the ark was taken during a battle and then and taken by the Philistines and then plagues broke out upon them and finally they returned the ark of the covenant back to Israel. You see, it was the Philistines that put the ark on a new ox cart. Amen. Now when David tried to do the same, he failed to consult the Lord about it and, and how to bring it back to Jerusalem or bring it to Jerusalem. And a good man, Uzzah, tried to steady the ark. Come on. Tried to steady the ark when the ark stumbled and God slew him. Showing death will happen when someone not ordained to handle the word touches the ark. It causes spiritual death. Amen. We got to have God called men. God anointed men. Amen. Men who are really born preachers. Born preachers. In in the womb I foresaw you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. 
uh, men who want to try it out for a vocation or men who goes to school or men who get smart enough. They think, I'm a business leader. I can lead the church. It won't work. You go in there and the, ark, and the ox will stumble at some point and you try to steady it. You'll be struck dead. Amen. It doesn't matter how anointed they are and how great a desire they have to bring the word back out of false doctrines and out of the wrong place. These newfangled man-made ox carts with their agape tablets. It won't do it. Amen. To deny the ministry to shoulder the word, the Ark of the Covenant, and put it on the ox cart of some man-made system will only cause death. Remember David's failure as he tried to do God a service without consulting his will. He failed to consult the prophet. Come on. Amen. You got to consult the prophets about this. Jesus, the God prophet, said, go into all the world and preach. Now, there's no higher authority than that. Amen. He said, go into all the world and preach. Come on, church, preach. He wants the word preached. Amen. Not an agape tablet, but preached. He wants men called Levites, called of God, men ordained, not men appointed, not men that are smart and intellectual, but men that are there because God placed them in that position. Amen. Furthermore, the prophet Paul said, preach the word. The last prophet to the Gentile ordained ministers to carry the word over and over, saying God doesn't use machinery. God uses men to preach the gospel. Amen. In the message, the ark, Brother Brennan said, he talks about the end time and what science has done in the last few years um, and, and just the things that's done nearing the end time, assigned to all believers. He said, ministers in the pulpit should be preaching it with all the force they got. Amen. Now listen, I'm consulting the prophet. Amen. I'm consulting the prophet. How do we carry it? Amen. With God called men, ministers in the pulpit preaching it with all the force they got, showing to the people we're passing milestones. All things point to him. The scriptural verse, God's Bible that we read and and believe today is pointing to the end. Not much farther. The great scientific world says the end's in sight. Another great milestone. The zodiac calendar, so forth, astronomy. Everything says the end's in sight. The pyramid says the end's in sight. And every great pointing place says the end is in sight. We are at the end time. Amen. In the seven church ages, he would, he would pray, remember the needy, O God, the poor of our land, the poor in spirit and those that are hungry. I wonder if there are those today that said, I'm hungry. Then he said, God, raise up ministers everywhere. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Send them forth preaching, Lord, like firebrands. Anointed men. God called men. God separated men. Amen. A people there who have been there as a forerunner across the river and they themselves have got a deposit of the Holy Ghost on the inside of them and they know the land is real. 
They're not preaching about somebody else who crossed over and somebody else that got the Holy Ghost and what they had back there 40 years ago. They have experienced themselves. They know he's a healer. They know he's a deliverer. They know he's a savior. Said we'll only pass this way once. We're only mortal once. And thanks be to God for that. In the next life, we'll not preach the gospel in the next life that is to come. That throws your return ministry out the door right there. But we rejoice in the gospel with them of the ages who has accepted it. With the head captain, our Lord Jesus, who's all worthy and all praise be to him forever and ever. Oh, we like to quote from the absolute. And here's what is the absolute sermon said. No matter what your experience is, then if something in you tells you that the Bible isn't true, that the power of God, apostles, prophets, teachers, and pastors, and gifts of the Spirit isn't just the same as it was when it flowed to them apostles at Pentecost, there's something wrong with your absolute. It has to tie to a denominational creed instead of the Bible. And that's the problem. We're trying to, we, you know, we want to bring the prophet's voice, but we want to bring it through some mechanical device because you can't find ordained, God called, God anointed man to carry the word. But God's got them. And they're going to preach it with force. We're like firebrands. I'm not staying here long. We're just coming on down. But Brother Branham said, now to bring up this faith in Christ, there are ministers, and that's the most important thing of the day is a good God-sent preacher. I admire them, and their gift is far beyond anything could be done, and anything else is a preacher, a man who knows how to rightly divide the word of God. Amen. The most wonderful gift in the world is to be a minister, which is a New Testament modern-day prophet a preacher prophesied means to foretell or tell some personal things. In other words, you read the Bible and, and tell, then that's a teacher. But a prophecy is to, to prophesy is to tell or foretell. And that's the spirit of Christ is prophecy. Now, let, let me just tell you, you mean David now making his ox cart like the denomination did, trying to bring the word back. You know, trying to do, well, you know, they messed it up and they, they've done wrong with it and it's in the wrong place and we'll put it in the right place and, and all of that, but he didn't consult the prophet. So he brings it in the way denominations did. Are you with me? Amen. And of course, that's with men that are not called of God. Own an ox cart. And they reach out and try to, in good faith, steady it. And it brings spiritual death. Now, I don't care how excited they get. They danced in David's day. I don't care how anointed they sing. I don't care if the whole congregation gets up and shouts and they get us emotional. It'll cause spiritual death. You will never get the word back into position any other way than the Bible way of 1 Chronicles 15, 15. And the Levites carried the ark of God with the poles on their shoulders as Moses had commanded in accordance with the word of God. 
Brother Branham said in trying to do God a service, the Levi's shoulders was God's original way to do it. And they put it on a new ox cart. Or a new cart. It'll never work. They didn't consult the right thing. They got out about it, went about it the wrong way. And that's what happened when men, no matter how sincere, try to do a service outside of his provided way of revealing it, they always mess up. God sends it his way. Men, no matter how sincere you try to do it, outside of that, you'll mess it up. So don't be influenced. By these new dangles and things they got today. I don't care how good a man they are, how sincere they are. If they don't speak according to the law and the prophets, the Bible said there's no life in them. So deny, now I'm just going to spend just a few more minutes on this. We're moving on. But to deny the preachers or God's ordained way to carry the word is to deny Mark 16. For Jesus said, preach the word, and when you preach it, signs will follow. Even Brother Branham brought it down. He said, he didn't say teach the word. He said, preach the word, and to preach the word is to demonstrate it, to bring back evidence. Now, preach the gospel, the word, and souls are saved. You know why? Demons are cast out. You don't get a soul saved without casting out devils. Preach the word and the sick are healed. You know why? Amen. Demons are cast out. Amen. And you have prayer lines for you to lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. And anyone who is taking medicine better be praying over it. So that when you take deadly things, it won't hurt you. Are you with me? So Brother Branham talks about this in the church age book. He said, Paul said the word came in power as well as voice. The word preached actually demonstrated itself. Like a flame and cutting sword, it went into the consciousness of man. Like a surgeon's knife, it cut out the diseases. It set captives free. And everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel, the word. And God confirmed that word with sign following. The sick were healed. The devils were cast out. They spoke in new tongues. That was the word in action. And the word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. And in this last age, are you with me? And this last age, it is here, stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. So little flock, you little minority, hold on the word, fill your mouth and heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. The king will come. Now, so they got across the river. They saw the miraculous is what got them into there. You don't cross dimensions from the wilderness into the promised land of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, it is represent, the, the promised land represents the Holy Ghost. You don't do it without the supernatural. Only he can make the way through it. Come on. And the first thing that happened when they crossed over Jordan was the circumcising of the new generation. And that day, the reproach of Egypt was rolled off of them. 
And I'll tell you, the reproach of denomination will never be rolled off of you until you are circumcised by the Holy Ghost and enter into covenant with God. Amen, amen. That's the only way to roll the approach away. You see, the reproach of denominational slave life, slave mentality is to be circumcised by the Holy Ghost, cut off. Amen, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sickness. I'm a child of God. I'm no more a slave, come on, to habits and sin, complexes. I'm no longer a slave. Amen, I, there, there, oh my, in every church, there ought to be a heel of foreskins. Right there, pile after pile, where the flesh is cut off. Come on, church. Where sin is done away with. And men and women have been filled with the Holy Ghost, entering into covenant with God. And I'll tell you, there's never been a time that, that the new generation must have it like this generation. Many of you came out of Egypt, but you never were circumcised. We need a heel of foreskins before trying to conquer Jericho. People want the seals broken to them before sin is broken off of them. You got to deal with sin first and get the revelation of the Holy Ghost, God's seal on your life first. Before you get the revelation of the seven seals, you need the revelation of Christ revealed personally to you. You cannot possess the land without being in covenant with God. So no matter how much you want to claim it, you cannot possess it. Amen. It's not yours unless you entered into covenant. And the covenant, the seal of the covenant is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is our circumcision. Now, so there again, there's never been a time that the baptism of the Holy Ghost has been so important as this time. Remember when Moses went down to deliver them and he hadn't circumcised his own son, God liked to kill him. Amen. But the woman there realized, his wife realized, you know, what was going on and circumcised the child and threw it at him and said, here, you're a bloody husband to me. And, and what happened? The plague left. And if we want the plague to leave our young people, some of you young people are 40 years old because you ain't never had an experience with God. But if you want, if you want the plague, of, the plague to leave you, you're going to have to be circumcised because you're outside of the covenant. And there's too many today around the message have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in his power. They've never tasted the new land. They don't know it's real. They heard other people talk about it. And they read about it in the Bible and they hear about the prophet, but they've never tasted it. Joshua is looking at them daunting walls of that city of Jericho. He's wondering how to open up those sealed walls. Now Jericho is sealed 
closed up and is key to the entrance of the land. We, in order to take the land, we got to first take Jericho. The seals have got to come off of it. The walls has got to come down. So it is key to the inheritance. And you see, the book, the book is our land of possession. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're people of the book, what we've been preaching on for almost four years now. We're the people of the book. But notice here, here again, it was sealed with seven seals. Men had tried to probe into it and look at it and guess at it and wonder about it. And one thing you say, it thinks it means this and another says it means that. But it was all speaking in tongues without an interpreter. Just like in the days of Daniel, many, many tickle your farce and we see it and it's symbolic, but we don't know what the symbols mean. And we had symbols in the book of Revelation and we didn't know what they meant. Amen. But they were key to opening up the rest of the book. Are you with me? Amen. Because these were things that were sealed up. A white horse rider, a black, a red, a black, a pale, had went forth and sealed the book. The Antichrist moved to close up the contents of the land. And so it's all walled up. And Joshua is standing on the outside Looking at that city, it's night, and he's walking out among the people, and he's thinking, how am I going to break get in them walls? You know, maybe he has studied some of the books that Moses had brought along on how to win campaigns, how to be an Egyptian general. Maybe he studied, you know, and he looks at some of them, and he goes back, and, and he... And he says, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know how to get into it. There, there's got to be a way to, that, the, that this book comes open, that this land comes open, that the walls come down. Yeah. We've got to get into the land. Right. Amen. We, we're receiving the Holy Ghost, but there's, there's promises that are laying there that belong to us. And if we don't get the seals open, we're not, we're not going to fully see and conquer the rest of the land. We're just standing on the edge of it. And he's out praying during the night. And there he sees a man who has a sword drawn. Oh, I'm glad he's got his sword drawn. It's not in his sheath. He's a mighty warrior and this is his battle. And he goes out against him. He said, are you far as against us? He said, no, not either one. I have come as the captain of this army. I am the leader. And I'm going to tell you how to get into that wall. You can throw away your books of the Egyptians. All your past theology. Amen. As Brother Brennan said, I hope people are spiritual. I would have made a horrible mistake if it hadn't been about 12 o'clock today when the Holy Spirit came in the room and corrected me on something I was writing down to say. I was taken from an old context and I had nothing on it. I didn't know this. What, I don't know what the second seal is no more than nothing. 
It's about I had some old context of things. I, something I spoke on several years ago and wrote it down. And I gathered the context. And Dr. Smith and many great, outstanding, can I in, in, interject a word, an Egyptian teacher. And, and I, I gathered and, uh, and all them and what they believed that. And I wrote it down. I was fixing to say, I studied from that standpoint. And there about 12 o'clock in the day, the Holy Spirit just swept down into the room and the whole thing just opened up to me and there it was of this first seal being opened. Hallelujah, what was it? He was getting instructions now on how to to bring down the walls. Amen, and he's told what to do. As the captain said, this is my battle. It's the Lamb's rights to open the seals and I'm taking charge. This won't be William Branham taking the seals off the boat. This won't come by his understanding. This is not man's theology. Come on. This is not a seventh grade Kentuckian and his ideas. Amen. This is not, are you with me? This is is not something that is his intellectual property. Hallelujah. It's not his intellectual property. It's not his children's to inherit. Come on. It's not their message. It's God's message. It don't belong to the Branhams. Come on. It don't belong to Jeffersonville. Amen. It belongs. It comes from the hand of the chief captain. It's his message. And he said, this is my battle. I am the lamb and I am opening the seals and I am taking charge. Hallelujah, if you'll get a revelation today of who's in charge of this pride, it ain't some man-made system. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Those walls will come down. Those seals will be open. Tell you what I want you to do. I want you to march around it seven days in silence. And we did for seven church ages. March around and around. You know, every day. Didn't know what to say about it. Didn't know how to open it. Amen. Didn't know the mystery. We, were, we just had to remain silent. Amen. When my, well, this one whispered this and that one whispered that and John, what was it? Um, Matthew Henry wrote this and Schofield wrote that but nobody knew what they were talking about. Marching around, longing to get in but still sealed out. But in the seventh church age, on the seventh day, on the last day of the march, the last day of the journey, I want you to march around it seven times as a memorial. So we did. The first day was Ephesus. Second day, Smyrna. Third day, Pergamos. Third, fourth day, Thyatira. Fifth day, Sardis. Sixth day, Philadelphia. Seventh day, Laodicea. Amen. And then we, then we learned as we went around in the memorial seven times in the last age, Amen. That the messenger of Ephesus was Paul. And then there was Irenaeus and Martin 
Bob and Luther and Wesley. Hallelujah. And present on the scene was the seventh angel, the last messenger. Come on now. Amen. And so there they were. We learned about it as we, as we went around observing the walls now. Amen. But there now as we come to that seventh round in Laodicea where the restorations of what the fathers had were to be had, the silence was broken with a shout. Amen. With a shout and the walls came down. Come on, church. What was it? It was the shout of the king. What was it? The Lord had descended from heaven with a shout, with a message. The word had come. Amen. And with that shout, with that message, the walls fell down. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Tim, they're not all down. Cursed is he that tries to raise up Jericho again. Amen. Then the seal walls were broken. And they were commissioned to possess the land and drive out the inhabitants. See, we're still in Joshua. Within those walls and the breaking of those seals, there was a woman by the name of Rahab who had to be redeemed. There was a people, come on, Amen, right in the middle of the opening of the seals that were gonna be redeemed. Two spies that went over the city and got this Gentile woman under the token. Hallelujah, under the token of the scarlet robe. And this woman was redeemed as the seals was broken. Hallelujah, and she had been a harlot. Hallelujah. But now when the city falls... All of her lovers are dead. All her past lovers are dead. Oh, you can't marry an Israelite. You were a harlot. Where are my accusers? Where are my accusers? My accusers were all dead. Hallelujah. You were justified. You were sanctified. Your name was in the book of life before the foundation of the world. And he couldn't leave in sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She had been a harlot. She had lived in sin. But now she's washed. By the washing of the water, by the word, and the seals break sin off of her life, and her accusers are dead. All her lovers are dead. Did you notice? Rahab could not bring seed from the old men of her past. As hard as we tried to be a good Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Catholic, we couldn't bring forth seed from the men of our past. Our womb was there to catch the seed line of the king. Amen. To be a part of the lineage, hallelujah, of 
broken of the scarlet thread. Saved her completely. She married Salmon, a, a, a captain of the tribe of Judah. Notice she didn't get somebody of Benjamin or somebody of Naphtali or somebody of Dan, but of the tribe of Judah. And she caught the seed that would bring forth the kings and eventually the Messiah, the king of kings. Hallelujah. Before she was a harlot, but now in union to Salmon, in union to the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody. She once was a harlot, but no more. Now she's the mother of the king. Hallelujah. Her marriage, hallelujah, her marriage to Salmon elevated her from a harlot to a queen when she would be mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. What was happening? Someone had to catch the seed to bring forth the king. Our union with Christ elevates the people no matter what your past. Come on. It elevates you no matter what your past was. Amen. You've been washed by the washing of the water of the word. And you've been told you never did it in the first place. Your accusers are dead. Hallelujah. You've been washed in the blood and you're a new creature, a creature in Christ. Come on, somebody. Elevated. For what? To bring forth the king. Now, of course, there's Ai. There's Achan. We must first deal with the Achans among us. For we can possess it all. You got to get rid of sin and Babylonian garments. Your eyes on gold, silver, chasing the dollar and the money trail. There is nothing more important than this word. Too often, you know, young people will get their eyes on money, on the dollar on how to make more dollars, more money. And let me tell you, you can make a lot more dollars out there. You can serve the devil and he'll reward you. Come on. Amen. You can say it, but I tell you, the rewards of believers is worth a lot more than money. Joey, Brother Joe, you could have followed the dollar trail, took your family out of church. You had every opportunity that there was. But you're wanting one thing. I want that seed. I want it for me. I want it for my family. I want it for my children. I'm not going to chase the dollar. Amen. I'm going to find a place where that the word can be preached, where my family can grow up and know that there's, amen, can be a part of the blood-bought church. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. If I didn't have that, I would go find it. And I'm talking across the world. Some of you need, and I hate to say this to you, but you need to leave some of your old dead churches. Get somewhere there's some life in it. Caleb 
represents the ones that stayed true to Joshua. That's me. Part of the forerunners. Amen. He was part of the forerunners ministry. Helped bring back the grapes so big that Joshua couldn't carry them all. He had to help carry them too. Come on. You see, we want Brother Branham to do it all. Joshua can't do it all. There's got to be some real believers to grab a hold of the other end of the pole and show to the world he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. But anyway, in Joshua chapter 14, he gives us testimony. Forty years old was I when Moses asserted the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. You see, what nothing put on about Caleb, he was for real. And he already had seen the land in his heart before he laid eyes on it. So he didn't see himself as a grasshopper. He saw himself as more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. He didn't see the giants. They were like grasshoppers in his sight. We're more than able to take this land. Give me this mountain. Amen. There was no put on. And in verse 8 he said, I wholly followed the Lord my God. That's what it's got to be, to be a part of the end time ministry. A people who wholly follows the Lord my God. Not partial believers. Not halfway believers. Totally committed. And Moses swear on that day, verse 9, surely the land of wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said, 40 and five years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And lo, I am this day, I'm 85 years old. Hey Amen, I got a ways to go yet. <laughs> Y'all thought because you saw a little gray come in my head and whatever, the eyes all washed up. But that ain't right yet. I got a few more years. Because I'm a Caleb. Long as the Lord is here, come on. Amen, I'm gonna keep on pressing on. I'm gonna keep on fighting. Amen, because why? Amen, I'm as strong this day as I was in the day when I first started preaching when I was 15 years old. Hallelujah, as my strength was then, so is my strength now. Now for the war, both to go out, to go out to battle, and I'm not staying out there dead in battle. I'm not gonna be slain out there on the field, but to come back in. Amen, I can go out and come back in. I can go back and meet the devil, and I'll come back in. He can shoot at me, point blank, but he can't hit me. He can't bring me down. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Where the Lord spoke in this day, I've been waiting for this day a long time. Amen. I've been sharpening my sword every day. For these 40 years, I'd get my sword out, make sure it wasn't rusty. 
sharpen it up. I've been waiting for this day. Amen. And he said, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there and the cities were great and fenced. If so be that the Lord will be with me. Amen. That I shall drive them out as the Lord has said. Amen. This is what I know as long as the Lord's with me. Amen. As long as the Lord is on my side. And Joshua blessed him and gave to Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, far in inheritance. Hebron, therefore, it became, or Hebron became the inhabitants of, of Caleb the son of Jephunneh and the Kezanite uh, unto this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Why Hebron? Why this mountain? Why this place? want you to think about it. I want this place. This is Caleb, come on, who is part of the forerunner. Amen, this is Caleb who has went into the land. I want, I want Hebron, why do you want Hebron? Well, there's a cave there, what's in the cave? Bones. What kind of bones? Well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why do you want an old graveyard? Because Job said, I know my redeemer liveth, and one day the king is gonna stand here. And I want this mountain, I want this place, I want the place of the body change, I want the place of the resurrection, I want the place where the king will come. I want this mountain. And I say, church, that's why I want this mountain. It's time to bring forth the king. It's time for the Messiah to come. It's time for a new body. It's time for a change. It's time to be glorified. Hallelujah. It's time for the dead in Christ to rise. Give me this mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. We got it. It's there. The mountain lays before us. How many Caleb's this morning have been waiting for that time to be among the people alive and remain at the coming of the Lord? No other mountain will work. I want this mountain. I don't care about the times on it. I don't care about those who say days of miracles are past and there's no such thing as divine healing. Amen, I've got more than divine healing faith. There's rapture faith down on the inside of me. Hallelujah, there's quickening power that's working within my life. Give me this mountain. Give me the place the king will stand. Give me the place the resurrection takes place. Give me the place for the glorified bodies. Give me the place where my theophany will come. And I'll be changed in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye, let the musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship him this morning. Hallelujah. 
I got plenty of grapes for you to eat today. There's still plenty of grapes. There's plenty of divine healing. There's plenty of the Holy Ghost. There's plenty of miracles. There's plenty of signs and wonders. Hallelujah, there's plenty. It's here in the land. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's just, let's just worship him for a moment. Play only believe all things are possible. things are possible if we only believe I don't care how demon oppressed you've been I don't care what kind of spirits has had a hold of you Rahab I don't care about your past it's today you can come in union with Jesus Christ I don't care what your problem has been. Jesus Christ is alive. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Now I've preached his word today. I brought you down to the book of Joshua. We'll open up into the book. To the other portions of scriptures and the judges tonight. And over into see some of the inheritance that lays there for us but if you want to taste of the grapes if you want to taste of the figs and the pomegranates if you've got a need in your body and you know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever you would like just to step out of your pew and walk around along that aisle and come right here I'll meet you here with the ministers. We lay hands on you. We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Stand right there, Brother Johnny. All things are possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Come believing. Now, I, I tell you, if you've been an aching, if there's sin in your life, confess it now. If you're called by Lot and you come, put some on your anoint Timothy. As you come, believe all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Brother Johnny, did you come for prayer today? You have a need from the Lord Jesus. Amen. Today your troubles are over. The healings is yours right now. That's the faith to come in. He's already, it's already done. Brother Branham asked a woman in a prayer line, as I just listened to here recently, she said, you believe the Lord Jesus has healed you? And she said, I believe he can. He said, wait a minute, sister. I got to correct your thinking right now. It's not whether or not he can. It is that he has. Brother Johnny, 
at Calvary. He was wounded for your transgressions. This is for all of you in the prayer line. He was bruised for your iniquity. And the whippings you ought to got, he took on himself. So that by his stripes, you are delivered. Will you believe? Will you come believing today? How many right there now, wherever you are, in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the enemy, the demon of hell that has troubled my brother. I command it to go, Satan, you take your hands off of God's property right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's done. It's finished. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. Amen. Just rejoice in the God of your salvation. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. One of the deacons come help me direct the prayer line now. Amen. Brother Jay, it's a finished work. If I could heal you, I, I would do it. But then I'd be taking place of the Savior. He's already healed you. You're healed. Amen. We're just going to taste of it today. Receive. Will you receive it now? Will you will you walk out of here sin?
Victory sees one. 